Yes, folks, after a long period of applause, I'm Fred McMurray. It's Thursday. It's 4 p.m. Central, which means this has to be... Pop in here, Kristen. You know, Kristen, I got to look. I, I love that back end guitar riff. That's just like, I just love playing it just for that part of it because they really riff there. How are you doing? I'm good. You want to go head banging. I know every time that comes on, you're like, yeah. Oh, it's, it's you know, when, when Greg Markell's and the audio lab put it together, they said, um, once it's in your head, it will never leave. And, and with all the sound checks I do, yeah, I got to tell you, it's true. It doesn't leave your head at all. Never. So are we ready to get going? We got a good show today. We do. So, where are you? We'll we'll bring Ray in soon, but since you got to talk about the mentor segment, um, yeah, it, it I'm in Shell Beach and it's a, a nice Chicago March day. You know, forty <laughs> degrees, rain, blowing <laughs> rain, um, gray, crappy. It's not like the background. I, I couldn't put the live background up because it's just too nasty. Yeah, well, you know, today uh, we had wind chills of zero. And uh, here in the western suburbs, it's just crap. The sun shined. When Ray comes on, he's going to tell you how beautiful it is, how it's wonderful for January. But he's got that thick, thick blood, I think. Because to me, I don't care that the sun's shining. It does make it better because we haven't seen the sun in what feels like months. But it's cold. I'm wearing long underwear every day. Two shirts again, long sleeves. It's cold, so yeah. I'm waiting for a March so I can get the hell out of here for a while. <laughs> See, the, that's the whole thing about California, and when it is cold, everybody in the Midwest now. Ray, we know is not sitting, even though he loves the snow. We know he's not sitting with any without any heat, right? Oh he's no, got the he's furniture. got his big thick socks. He's probably got a long underwear, snow pants. And he's got the furnace cranked and maybe a fire in the fireplace. We well, see in California, we don't seem to have furnaces. Right. <laughs> Our office building does not have a furnace. So there's no bleep in heat. Of yeah. course, there's no yeah. bleep in air conditioning, but normally I don't need it. So, all right, enough yeah. of this. We know where each other is. <laughs> we'll get to those. Tell us about the mentor segment. What's been happening hey. with the Million Dollar Franchisee Mentors? I got to tell you, we, we couldn't have gotten really a better first mentor than Mario. He is a great guy. Um, this past week, since our last show we had, we've been doing some really great market analysis for him and with him, really. Um, everything from doing loan availability, we met with a really great um, finance person who was able to talk about the different loans that are now available through SBA, different ways you can leverage your 401k. 
um, how to go about getting money uh, in a non-traditional way. Uh, one of our other mentors, David, who we'll meet here in another show or perhaps later on, talked about um, non-traditional ways to go get money. Um, we've been talking about reviewing and going through um, FDDs with him. So we've reviewed three different FDDs and what some of the pitfalls have been, some of the weird anomalies that we found in those different companies. Um, and one of the biggest things that we've gone through with Mario, which has um, proven to be very interesting in his particular area, is the difference that it makes in territory. Um, Ray and I have talked before about, um, with our businesses, how important it is where you open your office um, according to where your health is. Um, David talks about in his type of business how important it is to open his business where you have good foot traffic and where you're very visible. Um, the type of business that Mario is looking to open and the territories that are available, not only does he have to look at where the help is going to come from, but also cost of going into those spaces, um, what the traffic looks like getting out, in and out of those places, where freeway availability is. Um, we met with a real estate specialist this week with him. Um, again, we've gone over his financials. We've gone through break-evens. We've gone through um, the marketing plans from um, three of the different brands that he's looking at. Um, one, of course, we know very well, two of which were new to us. Um, we're just flying along, and he's getting really super excited. He's hoping within perhaps the next three to four weeks to actually make a serious decision and start reaching out to those brands owner calls where he actually gets to talk to owners in each of the brands and validate the financials that he's come up with to make sure that the numbers he has put into his break even and his business plans actually look right. Um, and then his next step will be to call and schedule discovery days. And at those discovery days, he actually goes, he meets with the executives. He goes to the home office home office is, I guess you could say, um, and in this case, we'll probably be virtual because of the um, COVID situation. So he gets to meet the brand managers, he gets to meet the marketing teams, and really decide if it feels like the right fit from, for him. Um, and those are really critical steps before you write that big check and actually get your business started. So, all right, so let me answer me? there. Yeah, well, so you've talked about the discovery days and them being virtual. Are they on right. Zoom? <laughs> well, one has to assume that it's Zoom. Oh. However, I know that one of the platforms that our franchisor uses a lot is Ring Central. So I would be remiss to assume that it's on Zoom. Um, I assume there are a lot of other platforms that people are using today. I happen to prefer Zoom because they have, you know, the virtual backgrounds and different things of that nature, but I don't really know. Um, there was a big article that um, I read the other day um, from franchisors kind of sharing their opinions of whether or not they felt that a discovery day was as effective virtually as it is in person. And some of these companies felt that it was um, just as effective and much cheaper to have candidates virtual as it would be to do in person. And then some people weighed in and said, well, I think that a combination is just as effective as fully one way or fully the other way. So for me, I mean, we did our um, discovery day at Disneyland or Disney World. So for me, <laughs> we didn't get to go see the home office. There was a lot of stuff we didn't see, but we were certainly wined and dined and enjoyed it a great trip. 
um, when we did our discovery day. Did it make the difference of whether or not we signed on with the brand? That certainly wasn't the determining factor. However, having access to those owners, having access to that executive team and the key players that were going to drive the business as a whole at, a, at the upper layers of the, of the brand, that was what made the difference. It wasn't going on a great trip. Um, I will say the other brand that we looked at going on Discovery Day was um, somewhere in the Northeast. Certainly didn't sound as much fun. Um, but again, it wasn't necessarily about that, right? It was about going, you're, you're not there to just be wined and dined. You really are there to find out, is this where you want to invest your money? Is this going to be the investment that you want to make for the rest of your life? Or do you just want this glamorous little three-day trip and so, sign all your money over? You know, it's, it's, you, you got to be mature about it and you got to really think about what it is that you're there to accomplish. It's not just a glorified vac vacation. From the viewpoint of me. <laughs> you with, want the trip, don't you? Oh, I wouldn't mind going on a trip, <laughs> but if they're doing it Zoom, then can we broadcast it um, uh through pillars was my thought, but mm, ah, that yeah. be fun? we'll have to see. And, and I'm looking forward or as a friend of mine would say, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen. Um, with what the mentors are doing. I'm waiting. So, oh, you didn't hear it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'll tell you, here's the thing. Um, when you get into discovery day, those typically aren't things that you're invited to unless you've been privy to a lot of other information and they're 95% sure that you're going to sign on the dotted line and you're going to pay them the money. I know they weren't easily going to let us out of Orlando without us signing a $65,000 check. <laughs> You know, and it was like, okay, so can we meet in the morning for breakfast before you leave and, you know, have you sign on the dotted line and you brought your checkbook, right? It was, it was kind of one of those things. I mean, they're not anticipating that you're going to leave discovery day without an agreement. Um, and rightfully so. When you're at discovery day, you are there and get access to a lot of um, privy information that not everybody gets. And you're talking to typically their upper echelon of owners and they share a lot of um, you know information with you that not everybody can get so but I think it's a great journey I think we've got some very exciting things coming our way and your way um, with Mario and um, I think it's going to be very exciting very quickly he's ready to go so well onward as and Captain, as Captain awesome. Kirk would say fire phasers <laughs> and, and with that, let me say that, that I am enjoying the weather here. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's partly cloudy, which means the sun is shining at least partly, 50, partly, 50% <laughs> of the time. It's 24 degrees. And I've been outside. I think it's gorgeous. I mean, it's, I, I didn't feel cold, you know. Like you, yeah. Like you said, Kristen, it's it's the thick blood. Yeah, it's like spaghetti sauce. Yeah. So, 
who is our wonderful guest today, and where is she? <laughs> Hi, Karen. Hello. Hello. And I'm also here in the cold and snowy western suburbs of Chicago. That's my girl. That's right. That's sturdy ones, right? <laughs> yes. Sturdy. That's the word I like to use. Sturdy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Karen, you're here with us in this freezing frozen tundra tell us where you're from tell us about yourself i'm so excited to have you on the show today oh yeah thanks good to be here well how far do you want me to go back <laughs> well the <laughs> funny thing a while. i gotta tell you the funny thing is one of the questions i have for you is where does a gal like yourself start but to get started, why don't we talk about what you're doing right now so so our listeners know uh, why you were invited here. Good. Okay. I am, I am with Del Carnegie Chicago. I am the uh, Chief Operating, Operating Officer here, and I am working, gosh, our, we work with individuals, we work with teams, leaders, uh, and really help them reach their full potential. We do a lot of work in the area of help, helping companies and people improve their sales performance, uh, kind of really equip uh, leaders to get to the next level, and a lot of what we do also is really working with people improving communications and presentation skills. Like a lot of, you know, we were talking, a lot of people know us from the, the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, um, and the first thing I said is, wow, Dale Carnegie, wait a minute, <laughs> but Dale Carnegie, and they go, uh, yeah, Kristen, he's no longer with us, and I went, oh, well, when did that happen? Because... <laughs> I didn't know anything about that. I just think that he's still around, right? And, and rest in peace, please. But I didn't really, so that's a franchise. When did all of that come about? Oh, years ago. I think it was, I'm not quite sure exactly when, but it was in, no, I'm thinking uh, like 20, 30 years ago. Okay, so that was, yeah, I mean, not while. before my time, but before my time where I would be paying attention to those. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay, I don't feel so bad now because I'm thinking, where where was I? Yeah. No, okay. It's, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Now, when did did you start franchising the brand back then? Um. Yes, they did. Yeah. So you know, they had they had sponsors. Uh huh. Sponsors. And different sponsors had different territories. I mean, years ago, oh. um, you know, Dale Carnegie, you know, the man. Um, mm -hmm. It would go around, and I think, you know, I, I, as I understand, he had kind of half the U.S., and he had some guy that worked with him on the other half. Okay. Then, as it became so much more well-known and busy, and he had an amazing wife, so mm -hmm. it was you know, a very, very key part of it, and then that's when then they started having sponsors, and they had the sponsors throughout the U.S. and some international, and then, I think over 20 years ago, they then decided to... to uh, have it be more franchising and then really the growth really exploded um, right. in the U.S. and then also international as well. Wow, interesting. And so you've been with them for 20, how many years? No, not 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 quite 20. No? <laughs> no, about a little bit, oh gosh, a little bit over 11 years. I started, okay. I started with Dale Carnegie uh, working for corporate and was the vice president there and was responsible for um, the Americas and worked in the areas of, you know, the franchising area 
and spent a lot of my time um, managing leading field support for the Americas and, and, and working with that. And then two year, about two and a half years ago, uh, I, I lived here in Chicago, decided I was tired of the travel, and I'm very entrepreneurial. I've also owned a couple of companies on my own years ago and wanted to get back into it. And so I am running the franchise here and just loving it, uh, getting back with the customers and just really helping drive growth. Awesome. That, that is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You know, but just I, I think uh, some of our audience maybe peeked a little bit about your hat. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yes. And it took a lot of guts to wear the hat today. I'm like, oh, let's see. So when I was thinking about hats, I said, hey, you two, you know, wear hats. I thought, I've got to, I've got to wear a hat, too. This hat says, it says, go herd. Mm-hmm. And go herd, the herd is Marshall University Thundering Herd. And I actually graduated from Marshall University. My father um, also uh, went to school there. And um, for those of you who don't know Marshall University, it's, we are Marshall. And years and years ago, uh, Marshall, a lot of people, you know, they, 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 uh, a football team, they crashed and the whole, lost most of the, most of the team. And uh, gosh, what an amazing, sturdy group, community. They really built that whole team. They, they call it from ashes to glory. <laughs> there, it's just such a part of, you know, of, our, of, of, of the heritage that's there, of these amazing, resilient people. So today I wore the hat because in honor of my father, who is an amazing, resilient person, and in honor of Marshall, because so many resilient people there. And right now we need to have that resilience um, as we're just navigating through still all these different troubled times. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I know where I got your point of view. I didn't box that completely anyway. Yeah. No, no. So that so that's a that's a great story about your dad and the herd. And we were talking beforehand that I was wearing my dad's hat too from his uh retirement party at PG and E out in the West Coast. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, we're both wearing dad hats today. I love it. I love it. And yeah, that's awesome. Now before Dale Carnegie, you were with a company called Performance Potential. Yes. Tell me how that the transition from that company to this company kind of go hand in hand, because they sound like they're pretty similar, right? They're all kind of sales and development and... Yeah, you know, I've been in this world probably since I was about 20, 26 years old. And I'm just, I just happen, you know how you just kind of fall into things and then one thing leads to the next and leads to the next. Um, I actually was a founder, um, co-owner of Performance Potential. It was a, it was a boutique company and my business partner and I would do, do a lot of, you know, a lot of projects. And we knew uh, someone from senior leadership at Doug Carnegie Corporate. So they were one of our clients and among many other clients. And so we started doing some work with Doug Carnegie with sales best practices, you know, part of their, again, you know, again, having, making sure they had the best processes and systems. So I worked with them for a number of years in the sales area, sales management area, documenting those, and had all these amazing people and was just so enamored with the people and impressed with the brand and impressed with, with a lot of the people that were out there, the franchisees. So gosh, a couple of years after we stopped working with them, I got a call and they asked me to come on board and be part of the senior team. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was wow. Great. It was a great fit. 
It's always nice when one thing segues into the next. It does. It does. It does. I, I think most people know what Dale Carnegie is and what and what Dale Carnegie is about. But for some of the few people that may be in our audience, if you can just give us a little bit of a background on exactly what we're talking about when we when we say Dale Carnegie. We provide training in a couple of different ways, but we provide training in the areas of, of sales, communications, presentations, and leadership. And so we actually come in and work with companies and, and provide either um, classroom training, you know, person-to-person -person training. And then as you can imagine, we've majorly pivoted where we, we had been providing virtual training, leader training for 10 years. Um, and at the same time, that really took off this past year. So it was really a good thing that we, you know, we were able to do that already. So we, we call it live online because it's, it's really, it's instructors like, it's like what we're doing right now, yet it's, it's actually people learning and there's you know, just amazing, amazing training with coaching. Um, so and we also have public programs. So if you go like on DuckCarnegie.com, you'll see all these different kinds of programs that you can actually go sign up on your own as an individual. And we call those their, their public programs. We have a couple different sides to our business. So we work from the smallest, you know, from individuals, the small companies, to the largest of companies. So we really encompass a lot of a lot of different leaders and a lot of different people. You give certificates for some of those classes? We do, right? Okay. So certified, you get you get certificates. Yes. Awesome. When we come back, we have to um, cut to our um, people who pay the bills right now, but when we come back, I know Ray's got another question for you, and I would like to have you think about the question I told you we were gonna ask is, where does a girl with all this experience, where did you first get started? Were you scooping ice cream? Were you selling shoes? That's what I wanna know from you when we come back after a word from our sponsors. Sounds good. Take us away, friend. Hopefully you find me a face. <laughs> Fred, are you there, Fred? I think we might have lost him down his rabbit hole. No, you didn't lose me. I'm here. <laughs> Karen might not have a face either. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Look at my face. Yeah. Looks like a peanut. <laughs> I don't. I don't need that. <laughs> Everyone else can see you, so don't sweat it. <laughs> You're all good. Uh, so. I was just going to ask you about that. I, you know, I think our guest at least needs a face. <laughs> I mean, I don't need Hey, franchise owners. How's your local marketing? <laughs> Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At West Vine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westbine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvinewithay.com. And we are back. 
our world, our Zoom, and our Kristen. Take it away, folks. <laughs> I am so distracted today. First, I had an elephant on my head, and I had a hedgehog on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have what I, I don't really know what I am today. <laughs> but I do know what question I left you all off on. Oh, now I have a crab sitting on my head. <laughs> okay, Karen, tell me, before all this stuff started happening with you 25 years ago, where did you start this journey? I started in college because I had to pay my way through college. You know, my family didn't, didn't have a lot of money, and so I was very determined that I was going to go to college. So I started working for a bank as a bank teller. And pretty soon, I was actually managing a little drive-in, managing the evening shift. So when I got out of college, I basically had four years of experience. So I really had a leg up on everybody else. But then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I was, I was pretty much working. I actually worked for Procter & Gamble for a while. Uh, pharmaceuticals there. Had an amazing, you know, couple of years there. Decided that I really didn't, didn't, want, didn't really want to do that for, for my life and really felt like I wanted to make a difference. So I started working for a kind of a not-for-profit, and it was a not-for-profit in the banking industry. Hmm. Yeah. I thought banks were always for profit. So, well, it was that no, this not-for-profit served banks. Aha. Uh-huh. So, okay. And it was and it was training. So oh. we actually delivered training, and that's really how I got into the whole the whole training arena. And it was a and I think if you think about it, when you think about one link and the next link and the next link, started the four years in banking. Mm-hmm there and then help connect me into the training part of it. Awesome. Excellent. So where does somebody like you go next? <laughs> well, where do I go next? I love it here. Uh, I really do. I love, I love what we can do. I think, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're continuing to rebuild. If you can imagine what this past year, um, I think for all of us, it's, it's, it's impacted us and, and we're, it's kind of fun to see the growth back. Uh, we mm-hmm. had, uh, when, when, I, when I came here, the first year, we had like 43% growth that first year and uh, was on the way to equaling, equaling that last year until then when everything hit. So mm-hmm. my goal is to have amazing people, amazing clients, and, and, and my goal is to, to stay here and to continue to make a, make a difference. Ray always likes to say when you buy a franchise, you want to work in the business or on the business. So are you an in the business or an on the business gal? I'm actually a both. I really okay. am. Um, I think that that's, that's what's, what's I think required for this business. I think it's really important. It's funny. I would always tell, tell the franchisees when I work with them that it's a little bit of both, right? You, you mm-hmm. can, you've got to work in and at the same time, you've got to make sure you step back and work on because if you're just working in and not, not both, um, it, it's really hard to actually have that kind of have that kind of growth mm-hmm. and, 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 and uh, move forward. So that's, that's my belief. So I'm, I do both. So people who are out there right now, and let's say with all the corporate, I'll call it turmoil and churning and things that COVID has caused, are they the type of people who would look to perhaps go into a Dale Carnegie type franchise? Who, who would you suggest look at buying a Dale Carnegie franchise? Who, who's your best candidate? Gosh, and, I, and I'm, I'm speaking more from as a kind of like as a franchisee now. Mm-hmm. Because I think that the franchisor, but as a franchisee, um, first of all, I think it's a it's a great business. It's a great business um, in a lot of different ways. First of all, 
um, th there is the there is the side of of making kind of making a difference. I think it's really important in seeing you know, as far as the growth and and, and the learning. Uh, I think that, but when you think about what you need as far as being a kind of a good franchisee, mm -hmm. um, I think you need to be able to work in and on the business. And um, having someone, and we've had people that have had you know that have been with corporate America, and they said, you know, wow, this is really interesting to me. So they've really come from all walks of life. We've had people that were trainers that said, gosh, I, I want to get this. I, I want to actually do this. So it really is all, all people from all different sorts of life, the different lives and um, different paths. Okay. And your business is territory driven or? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have, a, I have a question for you, uh, Karen. And I was thinking, uh, while Christian was talking, how is the best way to ask this question. So I'm going to ask you this. Do you think John Maxwell and Stephen Covey and Dale Carnegie knew each other? And even if they did or didn't, do you think they influenced each other? Gosh, um, I, I don't know if they knew each other. I don't, I don't know that. I would think they would have. You know, Dale Carnegie talks about... They're all about the same time period, aren't they? They are. Yeah, they are. They are. And, you know, Dale Carnegie even talks about just different people. He even says, you know, a lot of these ideas aren't necessarily his, his, his own. Some were his own, obviously, but he mm -hmm. learned them from other people. And um, so I, I would think absolutely yeah. that yeah. they might have. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. you know, I'm not that familiar with Dale Carnegie, but John Maxwell and Stephen Covey, I am. And uh, right. when, you, when you look at the base of, of what they're trying to say, it's pretty very similar, or if not exactly the same, mm -hmm. ideas. Yeah, you know, yeah, Del Carnegie was kind of, you know, he's known as the pioneer. I think he was a little bit before. Just a little um, bit, yeah, I think so. And he, was, and he was really known, if you think about it, it's, it's kind of um, amazing that he was the pioneer of performance improvement years and years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, he got a start by, um, he, was, he was in New York. And I don't know if you know this story, and I think it's a fascinating story. Oh, that's true. He wanted to be an actor. Oh. He wanted to be an actor, and he went to New York. And, uh, you know, and, and so he went to, he was from Midwest, and he, and he went to New York, and he was actually training and working with, like, engineers at the Y there. And really kind of working with them and working with them on their full skills. And through some of this, and he called it, like, his laboratory, his testing ground. Mm -hmm. And, and really, that's, just, that's really what really helped him, um, I think, really helped him get his, his start. So he was, he was definitely a pioneer. And I just think it's amazing that now even the principles and everything that he wrote, mm -hmm. studied, and, and, cre and created, um, they're here today, and they're just as important today as they were then. Mm -hmm. seem like... You, you seem like you really enjoy what you do. So I always ask people, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Do you feel like you're doing what you wanted to be when you grow up? I do. I do. Because I was in my late 20s. Um, I, I, I want to help people. You know, right. I have this desire to help people, help others. And I get, um, I get so jazzed. Uh, and uh -huh. my and I'm going to make fun of me sometimes because I get so jazzed when, when a company says, oh, my gosh, you know, you've made a difference. Or even when a one person says yeah. you had so many breakthroughs and you made a difference and you're going to help me, you know, you know really get to the next level. 
Um, mm-hmm. that, that's the most rewarding thing. Yeah, so it's energizing. It. Oh, it is. It is. It's just, it's, it's fun. It's just so much fun. And I just think you have to, you know, I believe in having fun when you're working. So what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do when this is all over? Are you going to, do you, like, we always talk about 10 years down the road, right? So Ray's ready to retire. His plan is his kids are already learning his business. So what's your exit strategy? Do you have one yet? Well, I'm, I'm not the franchisee. Okay. I work with the franchisee. Awesome. And, um, so if um, I'm thinking my exit strategy in, let's say, you know, eight to 10 years, mm-hmm. we'll consult, um, coach, um, do assessments, assessments and work with people. Um, I just feel like this is like my, my life's calling and it's not kind of corny, but I feel like it is. Yeah. I, just, I want to keep doing it. I mean, I'm not, it doesn't burn me out. Even right now, you know, a lot of people are talking about how just now it's kind of, it is, it's hard. It's, it's tough right now. Right. Even with that, I know I'll be doing this and I, I want to do it as long as I can. I, I hope I have to retire. <laughs> so that's, that's where I am. And you know, the great thing about it is you can do it from anywhere. I know. I was thinking about that the other night. I'm like, you know, the stuff I love to do, I could be sitting on a beach anywhere. I agree. Like, I don't have to be sitting here in the cold with Ray. He can stay here in the north. I don't have to be doing that. So that's my next move is to just be doing all the fun stuff I like to do, but just not here. I like it. I like it. I'm stuck stuck here a little bit because of my kids. but Yeah, me too. I wish they'd hurry up. That's right. So that's awesome. That's awesome. It's, such, it's, it's just nice to meet people who are so excited still about what they're doing and you can see it, you can hear it, you know, I'm sorry, Ray, go ahead. I've been talking to her ear off today. Uh, that's okay. So the question is, if it's fun, is it work? Ooh, good question. Ooh, <laughs> I can think about that. Um, I don't know. Um, it, it, it's maybe not. It is work. Okay. It is work, but it's fun. How about it's fun work? Yeah, there you go. Mm, okay. okay. I can put two together. It's fun work. Darn it. We have to take another break. Is fun work? Is that a, is that a word? And if, if so, is it an oxymoron? It's a, it's a Karen. It's a Karen word. How about that? <laughs> okay. Let's come up with some more words when we come back from the break so we don't get fired by Fred for not taking another break. Okay. Well, we the Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly break. digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Woman will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women. We are the Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. Wow. That's new. (laughs) That sounds like Star Wars or Battlestar Galactica. Oh, God, that's two you missed. (laughs) 
over two. Are we fired yet? <laughs> what is it? It's Come not on. A video game. It's not a video game. You went Star, you Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica. Come on, you can get it. You got one I'm of the I'm not ones. a Trekkie. I'm not a Trekkie. Help me out, Ray. Help me out. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it in my hand. It is Star Trek. You had it. You just put the word Star and Trek in. Ah! But Trekkie's like what Trekkie people say, so I should get bonus points for not being a Trekkie and saying Trekkie. It's not, uh, is I, that agree. A phaser? I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The like phaser. That's... The phaser, right? Thank no. you. I think that the fun and work could be called FERC. Oh, I like it. Okay. I don't know that. That might, yeah, that might be a little deadly using that. It's that edgy, right? It is edgy. But I was writing down on my notepad <laughs> fun and work. Won't sure. know that it works. Fork. We already have that word in the. Yeah. And I came up with FERC. And I thought, ooh, I gotta be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be taught to my children. Don't, don't say don't, that yeah. too fast. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Remember. Okay. We are family friendly. That's yes, why I was careful. Yeah. I was very careful. So I have so other emojis I can put over your head. How many franchise? Thanks. Do you have? Yeah, franchise fours. Yeah, yeah, friends. I agree with them. And and where are they? Um, they are. There are. Um, I don't know the exact number since I'm not. I'm more oh, on. Yeah, around Around. Okay, around. Let's say over over two hundred. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, over yeah. two hundred. Well, and literally two. <laughs> literally all over the world. All over. Wow. Yeah. So it's international. International. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, huge. You, you know, just if you name anywhere, yeah, it's we're there. We're there. That's awesome. It is. And, it is. And what does it take? Kristen uh, uh, asked you the type of person, but what does it take, um, let's say, monetarily, to get involved in the franchise? That's going to be, and it varies. Also, it really does vary based on, you know, based on the size. Um, you know, like if you're in a really, you know, like a, it, 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 it it's based on. Um, size, it's based on is there business there? There's so many different variables. It's not like it's a this and a that and a that. But really it really it really does vary. And there's some smaller ones in smaller markets obviously that are going to be, you know, more more affordable. Okay. How many of you are there in the Um it's a great market. I love this market. And we're um, we're in like the Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. Mm -hmm. Have people that are in the other we've got a couple that, you know one other franchise in Illinois uh, that also is also um, has probably about half of that. But we have the whole Chicago the whole Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. Okay, cool. They might be out in the sticks by Ray. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I always have to throw those in to see if Ray's paying attention. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe up by Jerry, you know, Ray, he's way, he's like almost, well, he is Wisconsin pretty much. Yeah. We don't, yeah. we don't consider him Chicago land. Okay. Yeah. We go, we go right up that way. We go right yeah. up to Wisconsin. Well, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. Well, people don't realize the Chicago metropolitan area is about 10 million people, which includes 
uh, northwestern Indiana. But Chicago itself is, well, I don't know, it's shrinking, but <laughs> I think it's yeah. like there's about three minutes. <laughs> So I don't know. But that, that's a huge uh, area that's not within Chicago, the Chicago city itself. Right. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. It's, it is huge. And boy, I tell you, you know, like you talked about, like Northwest Indiana. You know, a lot of there. I think a lot of people from Chicago are kind of making their way there and out in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, oh, yeah. Yep. Tax yeah. Exactly. And a lot of great companies here. Wonderful companies. Name of food you can find it here. And I love it. <laughs> Uh, one of the reasons I, I I lived in Missouri for a little while, and one of the reasons I came back because of the of the saying, if you can't find a job in the Chicago area, you can't find a job anywhere. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you think is one thing that people need to know about Dale Carnegie that maybe they don't know today? Gosh, um, well, I don't know what they. I don't know what they don't know. Um, I know that's kind of a tricky off the wall question. Yeah, I, I'm trying. But Fred's got to... even worse ones when you go down the road. So <laughs> well, people haven't really uh, become aware. You know, you have Dale Carnegie. We have, and if they don't know about the principles, right? I have a little book here. That, yeah, there, the Golden Book. If anybody wants one of those, make sure you. Send me either an email or link in with me. It's called Doug Carnegie's Golden Book. They might not know that, and I think that's a really, really important. I mentioned, I mentioned the book, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and out of that came principles to, to kind of to, to live by. And it's everything from stress and worry to being a leader to how do you really do win friends, right? How, how do you work with others? And it's uh, to me, to me, when you take a look at it at first, it's like, okay, really? Because there are a couple you're thinking, like one, one, one says, I'm genuinely interested in other people. And first blush, you might think, well, that's pretty, that's pretty superficial, duh. But it's really not. Mm-hmm. Think about it because it's the knowing and doing. And so mm-hmm. it's more about, I think, what we do is it's, it's, yes, we know these, let's remember these, and we actually help guide people on the tools to help them be able to do it more. I think there's a book for teenagers too, isn't there? There is. We actually even have a teen class here in the Chicagoland area. Yeah, I ran across that and I believe it's sitting in my daughter's room. I can't tell you that she's read it because I don't see that she's practicing it per se. (laughs) You can say that about most of us, by the way. Don't you think so from time to time? (laughs) Yeah, I can't say that uh, either of the three of my teenagers have read it or have been practicing it, especially during COVID. But um, that whole look you in the eye and seem genuinely interested, at least with their parents, they aren't. But I would hope that when they go back to school, they use some of what's in the book. You know, even a handful would be helpful. (laughs) The two authors I mentioned previously uh, concentrate mostly on leadership, but Dale Carnegie is a little bit more than that, is it not? Yes. Yes, it's it's leadership. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of work right now in selling. How to how to how to actually create relationships, virtual relationships, selling, and that's we're spending a lot of time working with people in, in that area. Because if you think if you think about the, the the how to win friends influence people, that even that encompasses sales, right? So it's where how do you build those relationships? And then everybody's been thrown off their game. Salespeople have been thrown off their games, and companies companies have because 
all of a sudden, we can't see each other face to face. We're on this thing called Zoom or whatever, whatever technology, and even if it's the phone. So how, what are some things that we can do to really engage people and to make sure that we're right and we're building a relationship with them and we can do it virtually as well. So we're spending a lot of our time in that area as well. That's interesting. I like to see some of that information. And we, Ray and I have been through some sales classes too, and they're not too far past, but I think it's interesting just in the way people refer to uh, a customer versus a client, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a, a customer to me is transactional. A client to me is a relationship, right? Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. It is. It is. And it's, it's very interesting when I do business with someone, how, how they talk to you, how you're referred to, the verbiage in a, in a letter or on a statement or an invoice. I mean, it's very, very interesting. There's a lot that goes into it. So it is. It is. And, and, and how they, how they, how they, um, you're right. The writing, it's how they speak with you. It, there's a relationship mindset mm -hmm. and, and you, and you can see that it's more than I just want to get the sale. Yeah. I really want to make sure what I have is actually meant for you. Right. I'm just not trying to do something and move on, but I really want to create this where it could be long lasting. You see a big difference, you know, um, we've been talking a lot in some of our meetings, um, and of course ours is from a marketing perspective, which is also uh, obviously leads to, to sales, but the difference between the generations um, now with the m millennials coming up and having, um, you know, extra money and how you market to them, and the flip side is how they sell, how they communicate, right? I have to imagine that some of the philosophies that Dale Carnegie has and the way in which you're teaching people to communicate, you must see a difference between, um, you know, the boomers, the Gen X's, Generation Y, and now you have the millennials, right? You have all these different communication styles and how do you get them to kind of a platform in which they can all communicate effectively? That's it's interesting. Yeah, I, um, I've actually taught some workshops on the whole different generations and have done a lot of work in that area. I also have uh, people from all different generations working for me. I love that. I love the, I love that kind of diversity because I think it brings a diversity of thought. Mm -hmm. And millennials have just really opened my eyes to things. So I don't view it as, oh my gosh, it's a millennial. I view it like, tell me, tell me more. What are you thinking? And you yeah. know, one key thing, it's, you know, when we talk about the meeting people where they are, and getting people to see, it's not about me. So it's not right. about me, the millennial. And by the way, it's not about me, the baby boomer. Right. It's about me, this is about you. So when you talk about common platform, to me, that's a common platform, is that we need to make sure we're meeting people where they are, we're interested in them, we're adjusting our style to them, and it's not about us. Yeah. And I think once, once, what I found is once the millennials understand the why, you know, you know, Simon Sinek always talks about like the why, mm -hmm. the why, once they get it, they're kind of like, oh, okay, I get this. And, and, and they're fine and they embrace it. Yeah. It's, it's just that many of them haven't really um, thought of things that way, mainly because of how they were raised, mm -hmm. how, right, how they're, how they're viewed. Yeah. And millennials, many companies are like, oh, what can we do to keep you, right? They're all about them adjusting too much and I think that causes a little bit of a, um, a stress 
Sure. Yeah. To see that, it's really fast. It's fascinating. And it's also getting baby boomers to, to not be dissing them, right? It's getting everyone working together. Yeah. That other person as they are. Well, and for me, it's as simple as, you know, we integrated this new CRM system and it allows you to say, okay, we're going to send you a reminder via phone call. We're going to email you and we're going to text you. Right. And yeah. so I know like a certain group of people, they prefer that phone call. A certain group of people, they prefer that email. And then there are a certain group of people who they really only want text messages. Right. But with 450 customers, clients, how do I, I mean, I got to figure out which style every single person prefers, right? It's a huge undertaking. And as you add clients to that, you have to say, and which method do you prefer to be? And so it's, I find it incredibly interesting. And as you integrate these new systems, it's a huge undertaking. To, to kind of go back and, and I'll call it data mining, even though it's probably not the right term, but to go back through all that data yeah. and pin everybody down to figure out how they like to be communicated to, but it's so critical. It, it is. It is. And, and, and sometimes what I'll tell, especially our millennials, because they just think what's well, this text or it's this email. And sometimes I'm like, pick up, pick up the phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right? And <laughs> let's just talk. And especially if things go back and forth too, I say more than twice mm -hmm. and have a conversation. And, 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 and I think also you can separate yourself from other people by actually picking up the phone. Because yeah, I, and I think we've gotten so far on the technology piece that when you call someone, they're like, oh, and then the information you can find out about them when you're communicating with them, you move things so much further along. Yes. Yeah. And especially if the message you're conveying is a complicated or maybe there's an issue. Mm -hmm. Like if there's an issue that can never be solved effectively through a text message, like that never works. Right. And, and the customer never feels a hundred percent at ease if you're texting because there's no sincerity to it. Right. You know, Agreed. so I could go on for hours because I yeah. find that so interesting, but I have to tell you, you have to put your hat on nice and tight because Fred has this crazy and wild ride for you now. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray and I, we just have no control. All we can do is tell you to be ready. Mm -hmm. Do you have any words of wisdom for her, Ray? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, I, 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 are we going down the rabbit hole now, Fred? I have no clue today with the way everything is running, but yes, I am hoping as you slowly start to pop in, we are going down the rabbit hole. Uh, oh no! I right now we're heading well. to outer space. Well, yeah, it is. You're, you're making me a little. You're making me a little nervous. Good. That's what it's supposed to be. So you know, we're we nervous all around. the time. <laughs> we bounce all around, and it's all good. Um, so today's question, even though it looks like it's outer space, doom, 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 it's not. We've been doing a lot of outer space and AI, and that just didn't seem to quite mm, fit the mood for the day. So what I thought we would do is, um, I had mentioned earlier, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, the book with... Uh, 
uh, in the social media age because ye- many, many, many years ago, and a partner of mine did a uh, only podcast interview with your predecessor. You folks gave me a copy and said, please read it. Um, we want to give this to you. All we ask is you give us a, a review of it, which, of course, I did. So my question actually becomes, we're going to the zombie apocalypse. Dun, dun, dun. So how would you rewrite, given that there's been several versions of Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, how would you rewrite Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People during the zombie apocalypse? Gosh. Um... Yeah, I know. Scary. (laughs) You know, you know what? No, actually, actually, what I'm going to say, it sounds really Pollyanna. I wouldn't. I go back. I go back. If you take a look at these principles and what I might do, what I might do is just because a lot of it's in context, right? So you've got the, you have the principle. So what I might do, and I don't want to call it rewrite. What I would do is I would add, I would add examples. Of, of, of um, things that were more updated, you know, examples, and, uh, and put that in context. But that's, that's all I would do, because I really think a lot of these principles are ones that, that even now in the zombie area <laughs> still apply. Okie dokie. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> I know that there's quite a few zombies floating around the Chicagoland area, Springfield, Washington, Sacramento, San Francisco, L.A., New York City. How about if we get everybody just reading it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think zombies read, but that's okay. So, Ray, you can take it. Well, hopefully out of there. Now you're ready. Uh, Okay. So, the... The, the last question is always, and we talked a lot about the franchise of Dale Carnegie, uh, and we may have piqued someone's interest. So how is the best way for them to get a hold of you if they're interested in uh, the Dale Carnegie franchise? Uh, if it's regarding Chicagoland, mm-hmm. uh, um, you can, um, I'm trying to think, link in with me, Kimsey Schwartz. And I'd love to, I think the best, best thing to do would be to link in with me. And then if you're interested in the franchise, I can, I can actually refer you on to the Carnegie corporate. If you're interested in working with us, we'd love to work with you in the Chicagoland area. Absolutely love it. And if you'd like to work with us anywhere else, I can also get you connected because I have awesome relationships with most of the franchisees out there. So we can absolutely get, we just love it. A lot of what we do really does provide, provide value. So we'd love to have further conversations with you. And a lot of times what we'll do is just even have goal-setting conversations or conversations about your business. And if we work together, great. If we don't, that's okay, too. That is great because we are, correct me if I'm wrong, Fred, uh, we are listened to internationally. Is that correct? Yes, Ray. We get people listening to us in Australia, Canada, the EU, Philippines, quite a few places, actually. Ray has become an international star. Great. And if you go to DuckCarnegie.com, there's a franchising section on the there website. Too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And of course, all this information that you just gave us will be available on the Pillars of Franchising webpage. 
Ray. Yes, Ray, it is. And that brings us, folks, to my favorite part, the Markel's Audio Lab Band rocking out to our theme song. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you. I love your excitement. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. 